I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Wednesday, March 30th, and welcome to Not Gambling Advice. Just a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube, we would really appreciate a subscribe. Hit the subscribe button, give this video a like. And for all those we'd like to thank um, listening on Spotify, listening on Apple Pods, welcome to Not Gambling Advice again. Colby, this time we're doing three fantasy pitchers that are sleepers as well as two relievers sleepers there too. So these guys are past the 150 ADP. This is kind of your gig. I mean, I'm, I was a pitcher in high school. I love evaluating pitchers, but you already wrote top 20 pitchers on just baseball.com as well. So pitching is kind of your gig. Yeah, man. I, I wrote the top 20 pitching article. I also wrote top uh, or top breakout candidates back in like November, or December too. Um, but yeah, pitching analysis has always been my thing. Uh, through college and, and was a big reason why I joined on just baseball to do, you know, pitching analysis. Um, so yeah, this is my bread and butter and we're finally getting into it. And uh, I'm amped because this is like, this is what I geek over. I'm amped too. So we picked, we picked a couple different lanes. Our first sleeper will be from ADP 150 to 250. Our next will be 250 to 350 and then 350 and beyond. And just remember that we're doing a five by five league remind the people what a five by five league is in fantasy baseball for pitching. We got ERA. We have whip, which is walks plus hits per innings pitched. We have strikeouts. We have wins, pitcher wins, baby. And then we have saves. Exactly. So I'll go ahead and start with my first guy. That's Alex Wood of the San Francisco giants at ADP 221. Seems like Alex Wood has just been in the league for 20, 30 years, but he's just 31 years old, dude. And he's coming off a season with the Giants where he looked revitalized. He struck out 26% of hitters with a 50.8% ground ball rate. He gives up soft contact. He strikes out guys. He limits the walks. But, of course, with Alex Wood, my only worry is the innings because he only threw 138 last year. And he's not a guy who's going to throw 200. Probably not a guy who's going to throw 180. But he's got it in the tank to throw, I think, between 160 to 175 innings. And his 3.48 FIP compared to his 3.83 ERA makes me really excited for another full season with this Giants team that just does such a good job with older pitchers and getting the most out of their stuff. Aram actually talked about Alex Wood on the Just Baseball show, how he's one of, not a breakout pitcher, but more of just an undervalued arm that not enough people are paying attention to. Alex Wood has been a great pitcher his entire career, but he doesn't throw in the high 90s, but he's got this funky lefty delivery. He's just a really solid pitcher and a guy I'm targeting late in drafts. I loved him when he came up with the Braves in Atlanta. And, and you're right, Peter. It does seem like he's been around for a long, long time and only 31 years old. And, and this guy has you know a really good ground ball sinker fastball which is going to get you know a ton of outs in a giants defense that is always great um and then he has the whiff pitch which is always plus to complement that with the slider so um alex woods a super super solid option i feel like you know his stealing might not be crazy but also his floor is is very very good i mean i could see at the worst case scenario he puts up you know a 390 array i'm not i'm not expecting him to you know really do anything below that 
I totally agree because he, he's not the sexy pick, right? In fantasy baseball, you draft Alex Wood and it's like, oh, nice pick, Alex Wood. But then you look at the end of the year and he's one of your top five best pitchers in fantasy. He was healthy the entire year and just had a great overall season. And you get him really late in drafts. It's not the sexiest pick, but it is a Where pick is he being target. taken right now, Pete? So right now he's getting taken ADP 220. Um, that is right in between guys like Tristan McKenzie, a guy like Lance McCullers, who should start the year injured. Um, he's being taken around guys like Joe Ryan, Anthony Desclafani. I just like that value at 220, you know, right behind, right in front of Tristan McKenzie. I think that's really good value for him. Yep. So say Alex Wood does get taken, you know, two or three picks before you're about to pick. Here's another fallback option in Joe Ryan. And the reason I love him as a value pick is he doesn't walk anybody. He had a 0.79 whip in MLB last year and only 26 innings, but he had a 0.79 whip in the minor leagues all of last season too, which would have been the third lowest whip in all of the majors. His walk rate has been, you know, near 5% basically his entire career. And that's top 20 lowest in baseball. Um, so he's really going to give you a boost in whip, but I really think he's going to give you a boost in ERA and he's going to be a main cog in this twins rotation. His XERA and FIP, we're both under 3.5 last year. He has a K rate near 30%, and he has three-plus offerings. His fastball is really, really solid up in the zone. Um, he has a slider that's great and a changeup, which is which is really, really developing and, and sh- should be a plus pitch this year, I'm expecting. So um, Joe Ryan is a guy that you know I don't think has ace potential, but I think he really does have upper end three, you know, lower end two potential and, and really could deliver upon this ADP. The GM of the Twins, I was listening to him speak on MLB Network, and he was talking about Carlos Correa, of course, but you could tell he was really excited for the development of Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober. Bailey Ober, I'm not as high on. The GM of the Twins seems to be pretty high on him. I, I am decently high on him. I'm more coming another... around. We've been making fun of him for just being like tall, but he is pretty solid. He's another guy that doesn't walk guys. That's, that's exactly. his thing as well. And Joe Ryan doesn't walk guys. And the reason I like Joe Ryan a little bit more is because when you throw your fastball, Colby, in your rookie year, 66% of the time, and I know it was a small sample, but guys didn't hit it at all. 172 batting average against his fastball, which he used primarily. And then you're right. He's got the slider and the changeup that he uses and can also throw in a bender of a curveball. I just, I, I start to gravitate towards pitchers like that when you're really young, they come up and big league hitters can't hit your fastball. That's, that proves success for me. So I, I agree with you. I think Joe Ryan is a great pick. And quite honestly, Joe Ryan is going a couple slots ahead of Alex Wood. And I will both take great him. options, both great options. And I think it's, it's interesting. I might take Joe Ryan above Alex Wood. My only thing is with Alex Wood, I think the Giants are going to win more games. I think Alex Wood has a better chance to win more games. But I think both guys right there within these group of pitchers is a really solid option. I also really do like Anthony Descalfani. Yeah. And Peter, let me touch on one thing real quick. When it comes to drafting pitchers too in fantasy five by five, um, I think it's best to kind of just focus on ERA and whip and strikeouts and like wins are just kind of a bonus because they're just so unpredictable. And like, you know, a guy could be on a great team and not win as many games and a guy could be on a losing team and, and win, you know, a couple more games. So it's, it's really random. I wouldn't even really focus on that. It's more of a tiebreaker. I think the only, yeah, I agree, tiebreaker. I think the only way I start to think about that is if I'm so close on two guys 
and one guy is on the Yankees and one guy is on the Pirates, I tend to go with the guy on the better team just because it's more likely that he's going to win more games. That's when it's that close. That's the only time I really do that. I'll just take the guy on the better team in hopes that he ends up with more wins. But wins are almost impossible to predict. So you you can almost take that with a grain of salt. That's just the way I do it. Another guy on the San Francisco Giants from 250 to 350. He's right on the brink of 250, but I really do like him again. And I'm sticking with my theme with the Giants and the way that they take older pitchers and get the most out of them. That's Alex Cobb of the Giants, ADP 252. He was excellent with the Rays not that long ago before a bad season had him change locations to the Orioles where he struggled to stay healthy and then fell deeply under the radar. But he had a bounce back season with the Angels. He kept his ERA at 376, but his FIP was 292. He struck out 25% of hitters, more than a strikeout per inning. And now again, he jumps to a Giants team that gets the most out of aging pitchers. The changeup looked phenomenal. All of what Alex Cobb gave us last year looked great. And now he goes to an even better situation with the Giants, getting taken really late in drafts. I am targeting a lot of these Giants pitchers because I feel like there's a hangover from the 107-win season, and I think they're going to be great again, and I think Alex Cobb is a great option. Peter, you want this year's Kevin Gosman? Look no further than Alex Cobb. I mean, Come on now, they're, 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 they're exactly, they are exactly the same pitcher, literally the exact same pitcher. Sinker baller, split finger usage for Alex Cobb has never been higher. He's throwing it almost 40% of the time, which is literally what they did with Kevin Gosman for the Giants, this guy plays right into their MO of just having an insane defense. He has a curveball, you know, which has a whiff rate 30%. Whiff rate on the split is 35%. Um, as you said, Peter, 292 fifth and a 376 ERA. That gap will be shortened in, in San Francisco. That Angels defense was not phenomenal by any means. I did misspeak as well. I said change up. I'm talking about the split. You're right there. It's just the downward action falling off the table. Alex Cobb, everything you said there. Come on now. This is a sleeper, people. What's his ADP, Peter? His ADP is 252. He's going around the same as like Steven Matz, Herman Marquez, and his 440 ERA. A guy we just talked about in Bailey Ober. Guys like Aaron Savali of the Guardians. Alex Cobb, I'm taking over them any day of the week. So I mentioned that um, Alex Cobb is, is Kevin Gosman of last year, right? And the next guy I'm going to get into, Jesus Lazardo, reminds me a ton of Blake Snell. Um, he, I already wrote about uh, Jesus Lazardo in my breakout article earlier last fall, and a velo increase of 1.5 miles per hour above last season's uh, fastball average this spring has me buying all the way, all the way. He's going to get a chance as the Marlins five starter. Um, this guy's curveball heavy, remember? So he he threw his curveball 30% last year, um, but I envision him upping that usage to, you know, near 40, 45% this year. He threw it 50% of the time in his spring start um, on Sunday. And this is a pitch that gets a 45% whiff rate as a curveball. So the fastball movement profile isn't tantalizing and he doesn't you know, necessarily have a great fastball because he doesn't get a ton of um, extension on it. So guys have a lot of time to pick it up, but a velo increase of almost two miles an hour um, that that'll play it up. And especially tunneling with that curveball. I really like Jesus. Lerdo. He's going to get a chance. He's revitalized. I said it as well. He's at home. He's from Miami. Now he's pitching in Miami, a pitcher's ballpark. Um, and I think he's just like invigorated again. 
couple things on Jesus Azardo. We got to interview him on the Just Baseball show. And the moment we came off the interview, Arm and I looked at each other. And we're like, that dude's going to figure it out. He's so cerebral. He's really smart. He knows his body. And in 2021, you're right. The fastball got kind of pummeled. It really did. And that's what kind of led to the rough year for Jesus Azardo. But in 2020, the fastball was his best pitch if we're talking about batting average against. And you're right, to the velo tick up. Like if he's throwing... If he's throwing 99 and he does have success with the fastball, maybe not last year, but he does have success in his career. He didn't come up and then every single time he's throwing a fastball, it just gets rocked. Last year it did, not in previous years. I think he's going to bounce back with the velo tick up. The curveball, like you said, is disgusting. It's a plus pitch, absolutely. It drops a ton. It's got good vertical and horizontal movement. And then I'm excited to see this change up next year because he didn't throw it as much as he usually did, at least in the previous year. He dropped it 4% in usage, but I still think that's a really good pitch too. I just think he has so much potential in, in, in a huge ballpark with an improved Marlins team. I think this is a great sleeper late in drafts. He he threw the change up four times in his start on Sunday and got two whiffs on two swings. So that's really encouraging. Even if he doesn't throw it too much, it, it's such a great third out pitch. The only thing that that he needs to do is increase that curveball usage and the sky's the limit for a guy that was last year probably going 150 slots uh, you know, in front of where he's going right now at 287. My next lefty is the complete opposite of Jesus Azardo, but they somewhat look sort of similar. Not really, but kind of. That's Nestor Cortez, ADP 352 of the New York Yankees. Nestor was really, really good last year, and it wasn't a fluke, Colby. He recorded a 2.90 ERA while striking out nearly 28% of hitters. Will he be that dominant? Most likely not, but I still think that he'll be really solid. Nestor is a finesse pitcher who just knows how to get out, get outs. He allows really soft contact, he limits the walk, and he strikes people out in the process. He start, he's slated to start the year in the Yankees rotation. Last year, he wasn't. He, he, he was coming out of a pen roll. And then finally, he got 14 starts and just blew the Yankees away. He's slated to be the four starter. My only worry is that his ground ball rate is really low for being in Yankee Stadium. He could be privy to the home run ball next year, but he does give up a lot of soft contact. It's hard to square him up with the varying leg lifts, with the multiple different arm speeds, with the different pitch, with the pitch mix. He's got like four different ones that he can spin and he throws it in every count. He works backwards on guys. I just think he's a really good pitcher on the Yankees. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to get wins and getting drafted 352. I mean, look at this, Colby. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling down to 352 right now. Like he's going around guys like Michael Fulmer and Chris Flexen and to Nelson Lamette. I love <laughs> as a talent, but just a guy who can never stay healthy. And then like Kyle Gibson is around him and there's just not a lot to love around him. And I think he's going to be one of the most sol solid pitchers in a Yankees rotation. Yeah. So a few things on Nestor Cortez. This is a guy that I wrote up last summer as Nestor Cortez has the best, one of the best fastballs in all of baseball, which you wouldn't expect from a 90 mile an hour fastball, but yet he does. He had a, an ex Woba of 278 against the fastball last year, which was one of the best in baseball. But going back to your point about, you know, him seeing some home run regression in Yankee Stadium because of the fly balls, that's fine because I don't think anybody expects Nestor Cortez to have a 2.9 ERA, especially around ADP. 350 nobody's yeah. expecting that but if he does see regression you know he had a 3785 he had a 332 xera though so that somewhere in between like if you're getting 
three and a half ERA from a guy that you're picking at 350. That is unreal. Um, this is a guy that, that, you know, is, is the king of deception, right? He, he varies leg lifts. He varies arm slots. He's a guy that will go from over the top to sidearm, you know, pitch to pitch. And at the very least too, like if you're picking him at 350, he's a gem to watch you know you pick him on your fantasy team oh, you yeah. get to watch his starts he's such a gem a i have a qu- hilarious dude hilarious hilarious just so much fun to have on your team i have a question for you jordan montgomery is currently being drafted at 208 will he have that much worse of a year than jordan montgomery if at all i think just in terms of longevity um because nestor cortez is that kind of like five starter swing man because I think a guy could come in and, and potentially you know knock Nestor out too that's not like out of the realm of possibility if he struggles for five or six starts right um again he is a guy that is is built on deception which is not necessarily the most predictable thing um but the value you're getting on Nestor is, is amazing and I wouldn't even I would love to have both Jordan Montgomery and Nestor on my team um, so that gets me to another swing man, Christian Javier of the, on the Houston Astros, um, very similar to Nestor Cortez last year, he was up and down from the bullpen as a long reliever and getting spot starts. Um, Dusty Baker says he'll open the season as a long re- reliever again, and a spot starter, but Peter, this Houston Astros rotation, it, there's an injury waiting to happen here, right? I mean, Lance McCullers is, is maybe going to be healthy for opening day. He is a, you know, a walking injury, a walking elbow injury. Um, you know, Fran Rivaldez could always go down. Somebody's going to go down in this rotation. It's not before long before he gets an opportunity. The knock on Christian Javier, much like Jesus Lazardo, is that he has a subpar fastball. Peter, let me ask you just real quick. What is the best way to improve a subpar fastball? Simplest fix. Throw it less. Throw it less. Yeah. You nailed it. Throw it less, dude. And what he's done in spring training so far is exactly that. Last year, he threw his fastball 60% of the time, you know, not optimal. Yesterday in his spring training start, he threw a slider 40% of the time. It had a 49% whiff rate last year, an 089 batting average against. If he can make that adjustment, throw his slider, you know, near 40%, make it a pitch that is his dominant pitch, mix in the fastball as almost a secondary. Um, this is a guy that, that, you know, has that Tanner Houck upside, has, has the upside if he gets his chance in the rotation of being a top 40 arm. Um, and, it, and his ADP of 307, I'm willing to take that chance that he does eventually make it into the rotation before long. And remember, one way to look at fantasy baseball is you're playing for the playoffs. Because if you can build a team that comes, maybe doesn't come in first and win the regular season championship, but your team is the strongest it is at the end of the season going into the playoffs, that's what you really need. Because the regular season is great and all, but it's all about the playoff dominance. I I think calling his fastball subpar is almost not doing him justice. I totally get what you're saying, but the fastball wasn't that bad. I mean, 226 batting average, expected 274. So you're right. It's not great. And he should throw it less. But I don't think it's that bad. And I'm on your side. I'm almost I'm almost making Christian Javier even better. Because the slider is arguably, I mean, Colby, you, you tell me, is it not one of the best sliders you've seen it, it, as, as, as it pertains to how well it rates, how well opponents hit against it? Guys hurting 089 
in 2021, people hit 075 against it in 2020. Nobody has ever been able to figure out this slider, and he keeps using it more every single year, and he's got to throw the curveball more. He only threw it 7.8% of the time, but guys didn't hit it at all last year. Start throwing your secondaries more, Christian Javier, and then you could explode. He does kind of have that like Joe Musgrove ability where he could throw his slider and curveball primarily mix in the fastball, just pitch backwards. Um, you know, Peter, you, you're a college baseball fan, right? You saw the Ben Joyce slider like in the other batter's box. Christian Javier gets those types of whiffs. He really does. He gets guys sorting on, on pitches that are, you know, three feet off the plate. We saw it in the playoffs against some of the best hitters in the sport. They didn't know what to do with the slider. He's filthy, man. He's filthy. I am all over this guy because here's the thing too, right? Peter is like, you're drafting him 307 ADP. Okay. It's a month into the season. He's not getting starts. You drop him for somebody else, but the upside is so high here that it's like, you have to take a guy like this at 307 ADP and make sure that you have him locked down for those first four to six weeks and see what happens with the season. What, and see what happens with the Astros, especially because McCullers is, you know, not perfectly healthy right now. And another guy on a really good team, if he's in the rotation for a considerable amount of time, you're going to get more wins than if he was on the Pirates or the Diamondbacks or something like that. So that's just another little little tidbit you throw in there. But talking about sliders and switching over to relievers, I think this slider is one of the best in baseball. And I fell in love with this closer in the last postseason in 2021. That's Camilo Doval of the San Francisco Giants ADP 170. Based on ADP, he's not really a sleeper anymore. But Colby, I think he has a shot as finishing as the number one of all closers. He has an electric arsenal. It's just two pitches, but they're both plus plus. The slider, he throws even more than the fastball, and the fastball is 98 to 100. That just goes to show how good the slider is. He threw it like 45% of the time, and nobody had a prayer. Go watch Camilo Doval. Go turn on his highlights, and you will fall in love just like I did. And not only that, he keeps the ball on the ground. 50% ground ball rate in his debut. Pair that with a 34% strikeout rate. And think about this. The Giants are in the playoffs. They are facing the Los Angeles Dodgers, their rival and the other best team in baseball. Who are they putting out there in the ninth inning? They had the best bullpen in the sport last year with Jake McGee, Rogers, and Dominic Leone. And who did they put in the ninth? Camilo freaking Doval as a rookie. This guy is the future. He slated in as their closer for a reason. Farhan Zaidi, Gabe Kapler, the GM, and then the manager, they know what they're doing. There's a reason they put him as the closer because he's the best reliever in the best pen in baseball, and he's going to dominate next year. And if he doesn't, it's egg on my face because I'm all in. Do you want to draft the next Craig Kimbrell or Kenley Jansen, right? Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, those types of guys, they started somewhere as a 23, 24-year-old getting their first shot in the ninth inning. Camilo Duvall is at that stage in his career. I can promise you he will be getting drafted near Kenley Jansen, near Craig Kimbrell, near those top end closers next year. And back to my point about, you know, if you want a guy that is absolutely electric and is going to be a huge boost to your team, but also be able to watch one of the rising stars, one of the best upcoming relievers in the entire game of baseball, pick Camilo Duvall, turn your TV on in the ninth inning. If you don't watch any of the other Giants, 
you know, if you don't watch innings one through eight of the Giants, turn it on for the ninth and watch Camilo Duvall run in from the bullpen with the flames going up in the air, the crowd going wild, because he is electric. He is a show. He looks like right-handed Chapman to me. He's not 105, but he's 98 to 101. And remember, he's just 24. He can even have a tick up in fastball velocity. He his the way he, he's so smooth. It's it's somewhat high effort, but it's not crazy high effort. His mechanics are fluid. I'm all in, Colby. And, and I'm you, so you said, all in. You said his price point is high, but I mean, it's what 170. Yeah, so, but he, I'm not saying he, he's like he's not a guy that is getting drafted in the 250s or something. Yeah, like, he's but, not a crazy the- sleeper. Yeah, for the upside of of saves at, at a at a level where you're gonna get saves with an ERA in the twos, unbelievable value. They're all over that. Another guy that I'm all over that's you know a little bit down the list from Camilo. I'd rather have Camilo than than this guy. It's David Bednar of the Pirates, but I really like him as well because this guy was an underrated piece in the Joe Musgrove deal. He had a 32% K rate last year, 2.23 ERA, 2.55 X ERA. He's a, he's a different pitcher than Camilo Duvall. He has a fastball, curveball, and splitter combo. So he's a three-pitch closer, but that splitter is lethal. The fastball gets you know weak contact. Curveball is this Mark Melanson just dropper. And it's not the highest save potential. I'm not going to say it is because it's the Pirates, right? But what I will say is you're not going to – one, you're not going to get that much um, save potential at this point in the draft. His ADP is 205. But two, I think the Pirates might sneak up on people a little bit this season. I, I'm not saying that they're going to go out and win 75 or 80 games, but I really think 70 they could win 70 games and and be a team that's you know kind of exciting. O'Neill Cruz and Cabrian Hayes, you know, getting his second shot in the bigs and, and breaking out a little bit more. Even Nick Gonzalez might get a shot later in the year. I think that they'll be a team that that you know squeaks out five more wins than they're expected to get and. Even though the, the saves won't be insane, you're probably going to get 20 to 22 saves, maybe 18. Um, but he's going to be a good ERA and whip boost as well. I have, I have a question for you. Is David Bednar a top 10 reliever in baseball? Not, not in terms of fantasy, but in terms of stuff. Because Colby, he rates so well. Keeps the ball on the ground, 42% ground ball rate. He doesn't give up any home runs. Nobody can hit his fastball. Nobody can hit his curveball. Nobody can hit his split finger. And then you look at his Savant page and everything's red. He has great location. He doesn't walk anybody. He strikes out 33% of the time. I mean, I guess I just said he doesn't walk anyone. He walked 8% of batters last year. It's still great, but not a reliever. That that's on the yeah. lower end. Yeah, that is on the lower end. But I was saying it, it's he's not near the tops of the walk rate, but he's still phenomenal. My only thing is why he's probably not going to be a top 10 reliever in fantasy is because like you said, the pirates just aren't going to win that many games, but I agree. They are going to be better. You bring up O'Neill Cruz. That's going to be a lot of fun. They're just going to be overall a better team, not by a ton, but by a little bit. And Bednar's just getting drafted so low and he has top 10 reliever in baseball potential. So I really like the pick there. Where is he getting drafted near? 205. So like 30, 40 picks after Camilo Duvall. Um, so like three rounds after, after Camilo, I'm just looking at other, for example, like a Gregory Soto with the Detroit Tigers and Gregory Soto is going to be a guy that had, you know, he had a four something ERA last year. Bednar is going to give you an ERA in the twos. I'll much rather take, you know, five less saves and give me that ERA and whip boost because that's just so much more important to me. I have a question. Would you take Scott Barlow? Because Scott Barlow is going 175 right now, a considerable amount, maybe a round or two higher than Bednar. Would you prefer Barlow on the Royals or Bednar on the Pirates? 
I, I like Scott Barlow at 175. I think it really comes down to how your draft shapes out and like how, how your team is set up. I, I got to say, Peter, I, I don't really hate any of these guys. I really like Camilo Duvall. I like Scott Barlow and I like David Bednar. It just really depends on how your draft shakes out. Um, but I just really hope people don't sleep on David Bednar at that 205 ADP. Like if you get there and, and say Barlow and Camilo Duvall are off your board and you're like, shoot, who do I pick right now? Like, I don't have many relievers. Like I need one here. David Benoit is the guy that you should, you know, have put your goggles on and go, ah, he's right there. Hear me out on this one. My next sleeper could arguably be considered the best reliever out of all of the four names that we've said so far. That's Andrew Kittredge, ADP 283 of the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays were closer by committee last year. Uh, so we only racked up eight saves, like uh, four or five guys had two or three saves each. But holy shit, Colby, is he so good. He had a 188 ERA in 2021, a 225 ERA in 2020. And as a Yankees fan, I've watched Kittredge just shove it up the Yankees' asses day in, day out. He's the best reliever in one of the best pens in baseball, and he's slotted to be the full-time closer this year. He strikes out guys with one of the best sinker-slider combos in the league. It really looks a lot like Logan Webb, and he has one of the best walk rates in the majors at just 5% last year. He's not going to walk anyone, so he's going to help you in whip. He's with the Rays, who are going to win probably close to 100 games, and you're going to get all of his saves. My only thing is, they haven't come out yet and officially said, all right, Kittredge is absolutely the lockdown closer. That's my only worry. That's why he's getting drafted 283 really late. But to start the season, he is the closer, and he's one of the best overall relievers in baseball. At 283, I still really like Kittredge. Yeah, man. I mean, he had a 188 ERA last year. And Peter, he was in the 100th percentile of chase, chase rate, meaning like he was, you know, top three in the league. Um it really just comes down to the Rays. I mean, drafting Rays is so tough because they're like the Patriots in fantasy football when you're drafting a running back. It's like, what? there's going to be four guys with chances, but I do think like all the projection systems have him between 11 and 21 saves. He probably middles that. I could see 16 to 17 saves with elite splits at, at ERA and whip. So I think you're getting plus value here at, at ADP 287. If he's your fourth reliever, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. And at 283, that's where he'd be drafted because when we look at just, across the 283 landscape, like he's going with Drew Rasmussen right after Drew Rasmussen. I assume Kittredge is going to have a better fantasy season than Drew Rasmussen, even though I really like Drew Rasmussen. But I mean, even the relievers going around him, Devin Williams is a guy who's phenomenal, but Josh Hader is the closer. He's it would probably, require Josh Hader to get hurt. It would require Josh value. Hader. Exactly. Like that, just around where he's going, I just think he's a great draft pick. So Peter, my next guy is a guy that if you've already finished your draft, like the guys we just talked about, most of them would have been picked uh, likely, but this guy is a guy that then might be sitting out on your waivers right now. And you need to go grab ASAP. It's Anthony Bender, of the Miami Marlins. Um, and the reason you need to go pick him up right now is because Dylan Floro just got hurt or not just got hurt, but, but is dealing with arm soreness has not worked up to, to pitching in games yet is, and is not going to be ready for opening day. Anthony Bender is going to slot in to that Marlins closer role. Speaking of a guy that's, you know, 430 ADP, meaning he's likely on your waivers, his Savon page bleeds red too. Um, he had a 279 ERA in 61 innings last year, 29% K rate. 
and a 45% whiff rate on sliders. You know, I almost feel like the listeners at this point are probably getting tired of us being like, this guy has the, the best slider in all of baseball. But I'm, I'm serious, man. Every single reliever in baseball now that, that is taking over an eighth or, or ninth inning role does have one of the best sliders in baseball. Like they slider. really, really do. It's crazy. Um, and Bender is that guy. I mean, he has a really good fastball as well. And if he, if he does take over that um, closer role in Miami for the year, which I think he does, I mean, Dylan Floro for all intents and purposes is decent. He's, he's an above average reliever, but I don't really see much difference between Bender and Floro. So if Bender just takes that role in the first month and runs with it, I don't see any reason why the Marlins should give that role back to Floro. Um, you know, you're really just, if you're picking him up and slotting him in and you need a reliever, I love Anthony Bender here. And it's probably a guy that I'm, you know, picking in a deeper league late in drafts as well. In the first month of the season, he could get you five, six saves. And that, that would be absolutely enormous. My only thing with Anthony Bender, um, because you're right, it's a late after drafts, maybe go pick him up on the waiver wire as a guy you can slot in immediately and he's going to get saves and he's going to be a good pitcher at that. He throws his sinker 52% of the time, Colby. Are you on Baseball Savant right now? Look at the, the pitch arsenal, like the stat cast maps of where the pitch is. He throws Does it, he throw it up the in the zone. Yeah, he throws so this, it. No, this yeah. is a new thing. This is a new thing. This is a new thing. Actually, there's been a lot of research done into sinkers up in the zone, changeups up in the zone, as we've seen with Lucas Giolito. Um, but there is there is a new thing that that you know proves that that sinkers up in the zone for certain uh, release archetypes works well, and um, I don't mind that. I really don't mind that. If it gets results, I don't mind it. Like you said, he's a sinker slider guy, I like Logan Webb too, like ground ball soft contact machine. Um, and the, the Marlins infield defense, their outfield defense might be quite a disaster this year, um, but their infield defense is pretty decent. And the, the, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I feel like his slider then works better off the sinker and the way he tunnels it because he'll throw a sinker high in the zone and it'll either dive low and away to the righties or it'll keep riding in on you or it'll sink a little bit into righties. So you, you have to commit to one of them and they're both two really good pitches. It's not like one is average or anything. They both performed well last year, and I think they will. Just from the eye test, like when you watch the two pitches, they both are solid. I, I guess when I was watching Bender, I didn't really notice that he was locating the sinker up. But when you look at the heat map, I guess it kind of makes sense. But when you, when you just watch the sinker in general, it's a good pitch. When you watch the slider in general, it's a good pitch as well. Totally off topic here, but I'm realizing that I picked David Bednar and Anthony Bender, and they're just kind of like one letter change away from being the same name. That's what you get here. Just, just, <laughs> just smart guys talking bending. All right, that'll do it for our top fantasy sleepers on Friday's episode. We will be drafting our top 20 pitchers Thursday. similar Thursday, excuse me. We got we got just got to fit in all these episodes because the season is almost here, people. It's fantasy baseball season. And of course, you can see all of the write-ups on justbaseball.com. This is a little bit of a quicker episode. We kind of just got straight to it, but I like the flow. How are you doing? Doing great, man. I, I feel like I came into this episode just fired up. I was like talking pitching, it just gets me going. Talking pitching gets me going. So just a recap are my top three fantasy sleepers. And remember, this is this is not absolutely the top three. This is just where you can get them in drafts. So from 150 ADP to 250 ADP, I got Alex, I got Alex Wood. From 250 ADP to 350, I got Alex Cobb. 
And then from 350 on, I have Nestor Cortez Jr. of the New York Yankees. And then for my two relievers, Camilo Duvall of the San Francisco Giants and Andrew Kittredge of the Tampa Bay Rays. Are we sure the Giants just aren't collecting like all of the Alex's? What's going on over there with, with exactly. four-letter last names? I think that's a trend. I'm just trend guy today. Or they uh, Joe Ryan or older pitchers and they're gonna <laughs> unlock them again. I like the Giants. When we talk more about the Giants, Colby, before you get into it real quick, like are you are you 83 win giants or are you 88 win giants? I think I'm 85 to 90. I, I can't give an exact number. I think I'm 85 to 90, but We'll see if that offense holds together. They're, they're a team that that by July, they might be trading at the deadline. Like you just really never know with them at this point. That's, that's the worry there, right? That projection could really hinder on their trade deadline uh, activity. But just to recap my, my picks real quick, I had Joe Ryan, ADP 217, Jesus Lazardo, ADP 287, Christian Javier, ADP 307. If he gets a chance in that rotation, he has all the stuff in the world. Uh, David Bednar was my first reliever at ADP 205. And then Anthony Bender, probably on your waivers, but if you're in a deeper league, he's towards the end of your draft, ADP 430. Money. I think we killed it. Would you Bang. agree? Bang. And with that, thank you, everybody. <laughs>